Oh, you did ring. <laughs> do you know, a lot of people think we do actually live together. They really? Just they're they're like, oh, oh you've moved to London, but we've got podcast friends. They think, like, you just come home from work and I've prepared some food. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, it's a 50 sitcom that, like, after we turn off the show, we then go, all right, good night, yeah. good night. It's like one division. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. How are you? Yeah, mate, I'm good. You look like uh, 80s tennis coach. I <laughs> think it's people don't. One thing people don't know about me, James, is that I am a PE teacher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're back. We're back. We are back. Hello. 2022. 2022. It's a bit late to say Happy New Year. It is really late. I did it the other day and I felt a bit, a bit like a dick. Yeah. It's, like, it's the 20, it was like 27th it's of January. Over. It's like, Yeah. Someone said yeah. to me the other day, they were like, how, 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 you know, when was the right time to sort of say Happy New Year? And I was like, about three, three, three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So not now. I think there's a week to say, uh, yeah, I, think, I hope you had I a good year. If there's a weekend that's passed, then, uh, you know, you don't need to. You can say like, I'm catching up. Oh, how was your Christmas and New Year's? Yeah, but you know what? I really find it... <sighs> so boring when people ask me how my Christmas was and it's like the 17th of January and I'm like I can't even remember I've done this which Christmas now. Yeah. you know what George I won't ask you <laughs> <laughs> thank you you're gonna be like that uh, so yeah as you would have seen bagels cream okay. cheese bagels smoked salmon yeah. pepper lemon and the reason I did it is because I thought about doing you know mm. a real James brief or cook-a-thon get yeah. it up but I just thought you know what what I do what my family's always done to welcome people back into the mix of things mm -hmm. to catch up is you just lay out a load of bagels right. cream cheese yeah. uh, some people would like a sort of egg mayo mm. all sorts of different things and mm. people just sort of build is, is this thing about building your bagel and just mm. like talking and, and catching yeah. up and re when um when our family has had like people come from out of town we always say oh well we'll have a bagel lunch Oh, nice. And that's kind of been what it is. Yeah. So, George, welcome back. Oh, we had you. A, a far too long a break due yeah. to the Omicron and just trips and work and Djibouti, Dublin, Djibouti, everywhere, Dublin, <laughs> South Africa, <laughs> the whole world. It's yeah. an Indiana Jones chart yeah. montage of where we've been. Um, but we're back. So, yeah. thank you for welcoming me back. Um, uh, this looks great. Where are the where's the bagels and the cream cheese and the salmon from? You so, know what? what I said when I was making is that I do I don't do supermarket bagels. No. Uh, I was not raised on supermarket bagels. It was mm. always good. <laughs> No, it's always taken to. Uh, I used to have this very special bagel bakery. Like they, they had hot bagels in neon sign written outside the bakery, and that's where we used to get our bagels as a kid. Wow. They closed just before oh, lockdown, which is really sad. But these are from a place called Ronnie's, which is a popular North London uh, bakery cafe. They have different kinds of things. They've got bakeries, cafes, delis. Oh. But these are the bagels from there, and I got their deli cream cheese as well. It's oh. not that overly creamy, uh, too soft Philadelphia. Oh, Something wrong with no. it. It does the trick. But deli cream cheese, it has like a toughness to it yeah i like that it's like you you need to get it out of the tub yeah. to get it and where is that ronnie's where, where would i find that uh there's one in west Hampstead. there's one in belsize village there's one in Hampstead. Right. there's one just, just north, london. So north london all north uh, london uh, there's one in london. bell there's one in temple fortune as well should we take a bite let's do it okay i can taste how that cheese is different that kind yeah. of like that's that deli cheese is like it's not stubborn, it's just, it's not even fibrous, it's just kind of <laughs> thick and clotty, actually, dare I say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's like a... Yeah, great, what, what a great... Green. Wait, just, that's, that's, a, that's a word you want to hear when you're talking about food, isn't it? Clotty. Clotting your arteries. <laughs> Viscous. Yeah, thick. Just imagine your heart trying to pump it through your chest. <laughs> yeah. Like when you're trying to get the last bit of toothpaste yeah. out of the tube. <laughs> just, um, really like that. You know, when I, when I saw you making these, mm. it reminded me recently, I saw a video of um, Paul McCartney having an interview with Ramesh Ranganathan. Okay. And 
It's one of those sad things where, look, I don't, you know, I'm always going to listen to a Paul McCartney interview, but um, I watched it and I thought, I think Paul McCartney might have too much time on his hands because literally <laughs> the video opens and Paul McCartney's like, what I like to do with a bagel is like, sometimes I cut it into three pieces, you know, like, like, and then Far you'll have much time. A, 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 and, and Romish is like, oh, okay. And he's like, like yeah, very so dull expression. All oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, I've got, I've got me, my mama. On, on my and, and you can see in Romish's eyes, he's like, I'm sat next to Paul McCartney. Can't you talk about let it be? <laughs> can't, yeah. can't you talk about <laughs> get about back? The hundred greatest songs yeah. of all time. He also happens to have written. He's, he's like, like, no. With my bagel. Yeah, yeah. He's talking about his fucking bagel. And I was like, what, what's next? The, funny, it... the funny thing is John, when he made a bagel, he was slightly different. <laughs> I was going to, I'm going to weird though. Yeah, no, I think I'm going a bit tan France. Yeah. I'm, going to, I'm going a bit yeah. Doncaster. Doncaster. I, lo I love your sandwiches. And, and you just it, layer yeah. the shirt yeah, on top. It. It's a French talk. That's all it needs. It'll give you so much confidence. <laughs> um, but I, I thought, what next to Macro? Is it going to be like, yeah, you come around to my house, I'll show you all the jars I've got and I've labelled them all. Like, these are my beetroots. Yeah. And, you know, like, these ones are like, I, I, but You know what? As much as you say, like, I couldn't care about whether or not Paul McCartney has his bagel three different ways, I still think so many millions of people, if you just filmed Paul McCartney for an hour you going know, around yeah, his yeah. house talking about jars and little sure. pieces of art, that would get millions yeah. and millions of views. That's fascinating yeah. to so many people. But, but when we do it, no, oh, we do no, it. Yes, yeah. boring, <laughs> speed it up. But like, I think if anything about the last 20 years of content, like since the emergence of reality TV, is that we are, and like YouTube, yeah. so we are fascinated by the mundane, yeah. comparing ourselves to other people. Like we, we literally gobble it up. Especially when it's like a very, fa very, very famous person doing a very, very boring thing. Yes. Next week, Billie Eilish digs a hole. Anyway. So, welcome back. And welcome back to all of you as well. Thank yes. you so much for bearing with us. Yes. I, had, I did have a couple of people be like, what happened? And I just had to be like, hey, no, Life and Christmas Life, and COVID. We, we, you know, we had so many plans to do. There were so many big films that came out towards oh. the end of the year, like great, great films that we were really looking forward to. We we're going to do all sorts of treatments. We were going to yep. go do our thing where we go to the cinema and record it. But yep. we, we both wanted, I, need, I wanted to go away. You wanted to go home for Christmas. Yep. We just self-quarantined. Everything was getting cancelled. It, uh, it was a strange time. We didn't so thank you for being with us. And thank you for coming back to join us. To the kitchen. But this is the thing, because I was, I think in that last episode, uh, we were going to talk about probably like the year in review and look at like, well, what are some mm. of our favorite things we've seen that year? But then we didn't record and then loads of films came out right so in that sort of films. bottleneck at the end of the year. Yeah. So I think what we should do mm -hmm. is fire at each other, all okay. the films, all, all the new releases we saw that we haven't talked about yet. Just quickly catch up. Just quickly catch up. Just otherwise right? we would have done 20 minutes on each one, deep dive, yeah. but we've, we've got to move on. Let's make it we micro, let's make turning. it snappy. Let's yeah. make, what do you want to do, like 10 seconds? Do 10 seconds, I've got to tell you what I think in 10 seconds. Okay, and I'll do the same, and then okay. we'll just see where that goes. Okay. All right, All right. All right. well I know what you've seen. So okay, yeah, yeah. What I've seen, so gonna, for anyone who doesn't know, me and George basically embargo our opinions on films. We're yeah. not recording because we feel like we'll have a conversation that it's wasted. So yeah. we have to be like, D -d 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 talk about it, it save it for the show. It is extremely difficult when uh, friends of ours are with us and yeah. they go, oh, guys, I saw X. <laughs> did you see The yeah. King's Man? And we're, and we're like, like well, even if we, we did, we couldn't talk about it because I... We take this really seriously. Yeah, You're yeah. welcome. Artists are professionals. Okay, Sorry, so I know what you've seen. Mm. I'm going to fire one at you. Let's start with one of the uh, big releases, uh, Matrix Four. Go, ten seconds. Oh, go, George. I was so disappointed from the from the go from the get go from the moment go. It fell off. Uh, it's far too self aware and meta. I think to its detriment. Uh, the action. No one actually got punched. I was like, why is no one getting punched? The Matrix. You you punch someone and the dust flies off. That's all I can say. Ten seconds. 
Fair enough. Okay, do you want to hear mine? Yeah. I think it's uh, less interesting the longer it goes on, but I think it justifies its existence more than I thought it would. I think it felt less like a cash grab. I felt like actually, oh, they've actually they've actually gone for something interesting here with the ideas. I agree, the action is a little bit ropey, but the ideas are there. So even though we, when you think about the Matrix, the, the action is really, really good, but the ideas are there from the original action uh, film. Ten seconds is hard. We must unpack that, but yeah, this is great. It's good. It's really efficient. But you see what I mean, right? Yes, hundred percent. So I, I, I thought you were being a little bit unfair. I thought oh, the first. I really just it did not. It, as I said, from the word go, I was like, something is really off about this. It didn't look like the Matrix. It didn't feel like the Matrix. The, the it was just, as I said, so self-aware. It felt like it was a contrived version of what it once was. But do you not the, think that is, uh, you know, Lana Wachowski looking back and looking at the film she made and offering like a different discursive view on it? And you know, I saw a review that was just like, this film is really just about one man's quest to like get his girlfriend back. Isn't that, isn't that the, nice? the love story element? I thought was powerful. Like the the relationship between Neo and Trinity is like has always been pretty good, and like yeah. the fact that their relationship hangs on the fate of the entire human race like that's hot i'm into yeah. that um, but <laughs> just like the, ex the like the execution of all those ideas and like, like matrix when it came out was groundbreaking yeah. for all the reasons you already know but what was great about it is as time's gone on it only became more and more relevant and then coming into 2021 mm. to do a matrix film it's like wow everything that they predicted has pretty much come yes. true in some very sad little way what have you got to show me about what what the matrix represents okay. now 20 years later and i was just a bit like this is not this wasn't needed i hated the zion scenes i hated yep. the, okay. so many of the characters in the background were just really quite forgettable i hated that they brought back characters like uh, i think it's minor spoiler uh, smith and morpheus yeah and they just didn't feel like the characters at all just well, make, make played by different make actors new, played by different actors obviously and i don't think the actors were bad but i'm like just make new characters something about hugo weaving's intonation in the original matrix trilogy is iconic like mm. mr anderson in this place this mm. zoo <laughs> it it burns itself into yeah. the back of your mind and when you've got this other actor being like mr anderson i'm like this is not uh, this is Groff, a shallow yeah, yeah Groff, i don't think he's about i don't think yeah. he did a bad job with it but i was like this isn't what is I wanted. And as soon as it was, mm. it, it uses the original Matrix film so much. It constantly flashes up mm. little memories yeah. of that film. And I'm like, ah, stop, just just be your own movie. This is the longest 10 seconds I've ever experienced. Oh, sorry, yes. <laughs> no, but I agree. I felt like, well, on the flip side, I would say it felt more like T2 train spotting than Blade Runner 2049 and how self-referential sure. it was and how much it was. I agree, but the longer the it goes on, the less 11. interesting it does. Uh, but I think that I was surprised at how strange it was. And mm. uh, it wasn't completely cynical and empty but okay fair enough i agree i don't think there's I, I don't think i'm coming away thinking the matrix is back and it's relevant it's no. like it kind of just it was a bit like it popped up again and it it's happened. gone because the funny thing was i saw somewhere that they said do you know that in the time between the last matrix film and uh, actually sorry i'm gonna say i just want to sum up one thing what i think yeah. about the matrix matrix resurrections yeah i think the best thing you could say about it is it is the best matrix sequel See, here's where I'd even say I think re I think Reloaded is more fun than Resurrections. The action's Revolution, better. So, so Reloaded is two, uh, Rev Revolutions is three, which yeah. I think is just a bit of a heady philosophical yeah. mess. Uh, I think I'd rather, if you ask me right now, would you rather rewatch the uh, the action in Matrix Reloaded and the scenes okay. in that film are amazing. I'd rather rewatch that. Okay, I think that they said that in the time since the last Matrix film, which was 2003, mm -hmm. there have been. Um, I think it's like six Spider-Man films, three <laughs> Spider-Men, and a film yeah. which references all of those eras <laughs> yeah. coming out at the same time. Sure. So, James, 10 seconds, Spider-Man, No Way Home. What did you think? Uh, I don't think a film has put as big a smile on my face as that film did. Mm. I laughed, I cried, I literally gasped in fear 
and um, uh, it just it made me feel all the emotions, and I was just a giddy kid. It was like ther- that was like therapy. It was like therapy. I can't believe that. I can't believe you said that. That's uh, well, I, I, you laughed, you cried, and feel like therapy. I, yeah. I had a very flat experience. With oh that. my uh, god! I've owned. I have to say, in its fairness, I've not really seen Tobey Maguire. Films. This is the thing. I've seen Spider Man Two once when I was ill off school. I, knew I saw Spider Man Three, and that's awful. And mm. I saw Spider Man. I saw the Amazing Spider Man once, and that was it. Right. And then I saw all the you know uh, Tom Holland ones. I found it to be kind of flat. I, I don't oh think there's. I don't God. think there's a single interesting idea in that entire film. I think everything. I don't think there's anything that. Whereas the Matrix actually posits quite an interesting question. Yeah. I don't think there's anything in Spider Man No Way Home that really hits on a deeper level apart from and you remember this and you remember what, with the that? matrix is but that's rooted in a, I think, a deeper idea i don't think there's wow. anything deeper about that film perfectly enjoyable and people loved it in the, in the screen that i saw yeah. and I, I i i don't i really don't have any dislike for the film i perfectly enjoyed it um and some people really loved it but i for me Probably because I'm not attached to that source material, I thought it was fine. I think in the, there's mo- there's moments in the middle where I was like, you know, you know when all the villains are like in Happy's flat in his yes. apartment, and I was like, there is a lot going on here. Yeah. I, I was like, okay, can we? Something needs to rein in because the villains were bad. This is spoil. We're talking spoilers, by the way, for Spider-Man. The go. villains were bad, then good, then bad, then good again. Right. Yes. That's so, some of the some of the villains. I think yeah. Electro and uh, Do- Doctor Octopus oh, yeah, did Doctor, that. Yeah. They, they were bad, good, bad, good. Yeah. Which is quite a lot of yeah. turnarounds. Um, but the way the way that film. I mean, again, I think the attachment you have to the Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield. I'm less attached to Andrew Garfield stuff, but I think he was great Spider Man. I grew up watching right. the VHS Spider Man okay. film, and I would come home and I'd rewatch it and watch it again, and it was just like that was the core superhero loser from high school story. You, and and what I, what I loved about it is because I think Tom Holland Spider Man could not have got like he he coming out of that film like he would never have been the Spider Man he is now without those guys intersecting uh. and helping him be the Spider Man he is after that film and those two Spider Men like needed to come and help Tom Holland to yeah. complete their own arc. Andrew Garfield Spider Man films really sort of yeah. left on a bit of a sour yeah. note and there were so many unresolved things we'd love to see him come back to but they're like him him catching Zendaya. That's great. I did admit that was good. Yeah. When when he was like to Zendaya, are you okay? And she was like, yeah. Uh, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Look, no, I, I, you know, I totally get that, and I respect, it. and I almost don't want to talk. About, I don't want to put it down too much because, like I said, I really have a bit of a distance from it. I just felt there was a moment when they're all in the cages in Strangers' basement. Yeah. That I was like, this just was really lame. They're all just kind of like you got these big characters, and they're all just and kind of talking to each I, other. I agree. And making the, the yeah. co- like to making fun of the villains, and, and there was this like disconnect between the action where like when Dr. Octopus first appears, there's that fight on the freeway and then Green Goblin comes in, but then no, Peter Parker's taken straight to Strange's basement and then we just don't talk about the fact that there was this guy just flying around still bombing the freeway. I don't know, things like that distracted they did. me. They were like, there was I a also, green elf. I think what might have distracted me is that I might have had a post-concussive headache or concussion because <laughs> I hit my head really hard a couple of days before I then. you saying, Some people yeah. don't think I did. I was in a re- I felt really sick you know, just before going oh, into no. that screening. So uh, I think that might have had an effect. You know what? I'll probably rewatch it and I might like it. So I think you really liked it. I was okay with it. But, you know, yeah. Spider- I, I, I understand your points. And I, I, I acknowledged it as not perfect, but it, it, the amount of joy it brought me has escalated it a lot in my eyes. And I can't wait to rewatch it. Your turn. You've got five on now. Okay. Um, well, you, let's talk about licorice pizza. Right. Okay. 10 seconds. Licorice Pizza was fine. I liked it in the time that I spent watching it. Um, 
I think it's a film that will open up much more and be much more richly rewarding on second viewing, a bit like I had with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, I have to say, I didn't really feel anything. And afterwards, I really didn't think about it and it really didn't stay with me. Not to say it's not filled with love and heart and got some great stuff in it and rich detail and intrigue, but it's very episodic and very strange. And I think I spent most of the film, because I like to go into films very cold and, and not know what they're about. I want mm. the film to tell me what it's about. I think I spent TikTok. so long focusing it. Sorry? TikTok. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I wanted to focus about uh, how the film, wh where the story was going, but the, f the story is so strange. I think it distracted me from the rest of the film. And I think when I go back into it, knowing where it's going to go, yeah. I can appreciate the rest of the detail. Longest 10 seconds ever, Longest but I, it was basically ever. one sentence. We're trying to be really quick. We should just say one sentence, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't one know. <laughs> and then in this semicolon, uh, dash. Um, it sounds like I enjoyed it a little bit more than you did. I saw, I, I, this isn't a very cool thing, but I read a review and someone described it as uh, licorice pizza floats along. It, 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 the film floats along in the same way you would if you were floating on the waterbeds that um, yes. you, like huh, what uh, Gary Valentine was trying to sell yeah. you. Uh, just quickly, because I imagine some people might not know exactly what Licorice Pizza is. It's the latest film uh, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, mm -hmm. um, starring the son of the late Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, and Cooper is Hoffman. It, is, is what Heim? What's her first name? It's Rebecca? No, it's uh, it's Alana Heim. Alana Heim. Yeah. And it's set in early 1970s in Encino, California, and you've got this. Uh, this 25-year-old girl who is helping who out. Who might actually be older than 25. She could it's be. very ambiguous. It's very ambiguous. Yeah. She's like a good, maybe like eight or nine years older yeah. than, than this guy, helping at a school, doing who, photography. This she's guy kind who of, is 15. This sorry. guy who's 15. She's kind of floating along. And then this 15-year-old, like the film opens and he's hitting on her. He's this like chancer guy. He's an entrepreneur. Mm. He's always trying to find the next business and find the next thing. And it kind of follows this, two, this, this love story. It's coming of age tale with these two people navigating all the different things that are happening in that mm. moment in time. Um, May I just say that? Point. A love story, though, but they don't actually really have any. It's more they're very much in parallel. There's no like, oh, you know, they meet, they get together, and that kind of stuff. It's yes. more like just sort of tension. They're of parallelly existing, and there's all these moments and, and, and yeah. encounters. And yeah. it's not ever icky. It's kind of like they make ra they rationalize it quite well. Yeah, Sorry. but I I actually really enjoyed it. Like you, I knew pretty much. Mm. I, I remember watching the trailer months ago and saying I'm interested, but I didn't know anything else about it. Really enjoyed floating along mm. that film in the way that that review described. Um, I think I. Like the way it depicts the 1970s and the particular way it depicts youth in the 1970s. Mm. There's this moment when uh, there's a fuel shortage and mm. there's like, uh, you know, everyone's sort of talking about the Vietnam War, kind of, mm. and there's all these different political events going on. And she, uh, what the female character says to Gary Valentine, she's like, you don't know what's going on in the world, mm. do you? Like, you're just, you just look at the next thing to do and you find it and that's what you do. And he's just so... I, I, indifferent and irrelevant mm. to what's going on around him because he's so focused on like what makes sense for him mm. but in a really lovely and enchanting mm. way and I think the characters those two characters I could have watched interact for another two hours mm. longer I think because they felt really real and they were so well written and I really mm. believed in those two people as characters and that's why yeah. at its core I really enjoyed it and you've got to see it for Bradley Cooper's uh, yeah. scene in it John which is Peters, just really yeah. quite funny yeah I, I, I mean I really like Paul Thomas Anderson I, I, I There Will Be Blood is like one of my favorite films and Phantom Thread is <laughs> fantastic and um yeah but, and, but then he has made films <laughs> he has made some films that haven't quite gelled me like, like inherent vice that's really obscure i've seen that but i need to and this he mixes a, it up a lot yeah this has got a little bit of inherent vice in it instead of it being so wacky and kind of episodic but i agree i think the film's almost on a quest to be like what if a 15 year old and a 20 potentially a 28 year old fancied each other mm. how can we make that I'm okay. going to take the course of this film to explain how that could potentially be okay. Yeah. And they kind of do I, that. I sort of was down for it. Yeah. At the end. No, yeah. But, but like he always creates it was really. The 70s. He, <laughs> 
Paul Thomas Anderson always really creates like a richly detailed world, mm, he, whether it's, it's in Phantom Thread, it's the 1950s yeah. fashion world in London, yes. or it's the porn world in Boogie Nights, mm. or it's the you know the early 1900s in There Will Be Blood. It's. I just felt sometimes that it was a slightly closed world, and he was perhaps enjoying this little world he was doing without, and he kept forgetting that we as audience members were there and I was like this is okay. great this is great Paul but I would quite like to know where I'm where I'm going with this um, do you want it more centered like less yeah we're just here and this is yeah, a scene I think, and I guess there's this, this side project with Benny Safdie put it this as way, the politician yeah, like, there were moments that I never found it funny but I found it sort oh, of I amusing I found it amusing and that's what it's sort of like hmm but again, I, I think this will be yeah. like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is when I revisited that, I came away thinking, wow, I really got so much more out of it. First watch of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I was like, I need to see that again. Yeah. It really just, that film just sort of ends. You can't tell when it's going to end, yeah. and it does, and you're like, oh, right, yeah, that's, I, that's it. And I, I, when I watched that for the first time, I was like, this is slow, pondering, meandering, mm. and then it just snapped into focus when I watched it the second time. So yeah. I, I really look forward to doing that. And there's lots of good ingredients there. So, mm. you know, Jury, you know, I, I hold out hope for rewatching Licorice Pizza. Yeah. We've got to move on. Move on. Longest 10 seconds ever. Yeah, sorry. All right. Um, uh, what else do we want to go? This is an amazing December 21 catch up, isn't <laughs> um, it? What else um, we got? Do you want to go? Do you want to shoot me another one or should I fire you one? Let, should we talk briefly about Euphoria, which is back <gasps> for season two? Oh, yes. Euphoria is HBO show starring Zendaya, yeah. um, Hunter Schaefer. But really, Zendaya is the only... The only talent, the main, only really main name in it, I would say. Yes, yeah, okay, you've got like Jacob Elordi's bit in like the kissing booth. They're fairly, the, the biggest thing they're doing is Euphoria, safe to say, right? Oh, this totally, but all those, thing. yeah, a lot of those other people. So right. sort of, uh, mostly, uh, an ensemble cast, I've always described it as skins, but with the best writing and cinematography in set in America. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 would, I would say it's like, um, I would like, I'd say it's like a, if, Imagine a John Hughes like '80s teen film, but in this it is like a dark, bad trip version of that. Yeah, that is filmed and shot permanently, like it's a music video. Yes, like it's the most I, fantastic visuals and, and productions. Yeah. In the openings yeah. of the episodes, which just like you yeah. sort of see it, and I'm like, oh my god, it's completely wow. gratuitous. So it, much. It's this so season two, especially. Yeah, it's so unnecessary. All the style, but it's so like, intoxicating. I can just imagine every single shot being framed up and lit, and they're going, yeah, it's good, but can we light one half of their face in red? Red neon and the other half of their yeah. face in blue neon. No, no, more. Yeah. Yes, there we go. We're ready to go. But what I just said about being intoxicating, that is the whole thing about Euphoria. Yeah. So it's, you know, in this, t it's set in a fictional state, but it's really California, isn't it? Yeah. And it's this, all the teens are afflicted by like- It's like Florida almost. Uh, well, yeah. I, I, it, it's just all the uh, the teenage characters are like afflicted by like the worst demons of like modern mm. age. So social media, sexual parents pressure. died from cancer. Yeah, parents died, um, drug addiction. Drug addiction. Um, and you've got themes like um, transitioning and, you know, uh, parents leaving. Mm. Gender um, politics. Gender identity. politics. Um, uh, domestic abuse. Mm. And- um, Consent and it's, it's one of those things that like makes me feel really old. I'm oh like, gosh, oh my god, yeah. these children. Yeah, <laughs> like, cover your eyes. I'm like, oh god, I hope they're okay. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so and the, the second, <laughs> you know, sorry, you know that uh, that reference of Anchorman Two when Adam McKay behind the scenes goes, "Good lord!" Yeah, good when lord. the opening sequences start and there's like penises yeah, and yeah. tits and everything, and I just that'll end and it comes up with the flash screen of Euphoria, and I just take a breath and go, "Wow, good lord." <laughs> Yeah, they, they broke the record for like the number of naked kid nude penises on screen. I, I was gonna say the, the penises in the opening is just quite yeah. It's, it's like five or six yeah. within fifteen minutes. But in like the season season one, it was like oh, twenty. It's yeah. in the locker room. But it's it's um, 
It's an HBO show and it's made by A24 and anyone knows about A24, they're like, yeah, we're so down cool and edgy. Written and like, directed by Sam Levinson. Yeah, Sam Levinson, who is the son of Barry Levinson, who made uh, Rain Man, Diner, Good Morning Vietnam. You know, he was he's, he's quite a prolific guy. Sam Levinson, this is also, also Euphoria is adapted from an Israeli TV show. Mm. Anyway, it's back. You and I have both watched the first two episodes. More episodes will come out by the yeah. time this airs. We'll but, probably but, talk about it again when it's done. But I think. Uh, if you're not watching Euphoria, please go oh, and watch though. it. I actually it's want to fun. rewatch season one. It's, I watched it's that ride. in 2020 lockdown. Yeah, yeah. And I remember just because I told like, you to. Yes. Yeah. 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 You told me to. And I also remember Leonardo DiCaprio was interviewed on a red carpet, and someone's like, "Leo, Leo, <laughs> what are you watching? What's good? <laughs> like, tell us what's great." He was like, Euphoria is amazing. <laughs> and I was like, wow, okay, thanks, Leo and yeah. George. Uh, but yeah, I remember watching that and experiencing it and being like, holy shit, this is good. Yeah. Like, this, again, like the, they, they do this way of uh, masterfully catching you up on a character, who they are, and telling their story in yeah. like a five to 10 minute sequence. Yeah. And it's so wonderfully put together. And like yeah. the way in which it uses. Uh, surreal cinematography yeah. to get you to understand what's going on in someone's head is just phenomenal. And I was like, they said when they were making it, they wanted it to be like a doomed fairy tale. So there's lots of this mm. music in it that's like Danny Elfman, but like a really dark version. Yeah. And for, for British teenagers out there, yeah, it's Labyrinth. Labyrinth. As in, you know, remember Labyrinth? Come, Come in. in. Do, 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 do. He's done the soundtrack and it's fantastic. It's unbelievable. It's so and intoxicating. It's, it, it's completely like a score of a film where it all feels like one cohesive voice. Yeah. And it, it merges loads of like hip hop. There's like Beyonce and Drake yeah. and Future thrown in there, but there's this central gaspy vocal from Labyrinth <laughs> that sort of echoes up with basses yeah. and falls and it's incredible. <laughs> you know what, I had uh, um, uh, a friend of mine's mum was like, oh, I think I might, might, might watch that. Would I enjoy it? And I just remember the opening, <laughs> you know, once, when you watch it, it's like, this film contains harsh nudity, yeah, drugs, drugs, sex, sex violence, sexual violence, flashing images. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, I just really don't think, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's really not one it, for it, a certain it, age. It's like the back of a bottle of bleach. Like yeah. The number yeah. of warnings <laughs> yeah. that it's got on yeah. it. <laughs> So, do not watch it with your parents. Right. If you're 17 and American, do not watch this no. with your parents. Here's your mission. Go away. Watch the first season, catch on season oh. two. Really enjoy it. We'll be talking about it more, I'm sure, yeah, throughout the 100%. year. Um, great. <laughs> i got two other things to tell you very yes. quickly whilst we catch up on stuff. Mm -hmm. I also went to the cinema and I saw West Side Story, which oh, I was yeah. about. I almost like restored my faith in cinema. Oh, like I hadn't been to the there. cinema so much. I hadn't been because of the pandemic that, that often. And then I went to see this. Restored and it was, your faith in cinema. That's well, it did. Poster, I mean, isn't it? Spielberg is a, you know, he's Mr. Hollywood. That's what you, what you forget. Mm. You're like, oh, he is bloody good at this. And I saw it on a big <laughs> screen. It was full of he color. Full of good at this. It, it was so wonderful. Yeah. And I was like, it I'm really glad. Like the shots, the, the stills I've seen oh, from that film look beautiful. Gorgeous. And, I, could, and I, I was thinking, I have to see this in the, the big screen. Watching this uh, mm. on a TV is not the same. And every single person I've said, to, to go see it has come back and gone wow we felt like clapping at the end wow, it was so yeah. effective really emotional beautiful like there was there was not just emotion like you know people who know West Side Story and, the, and the, the arc of it you know the kind of Romeo and Juliet aspect of it well they're like there's the tragic element to it but like there's just a, in the um the America number it was just so beautiful I was like I was feeling overwhelmed <laughs> it was <laughs> so just getting out of your beauty and life yeah. wiping your eye <laughs> it was just so passionate and yeah de vive I thought good lord that's amazing so if you guys I, I, I implore people to go and watch that it will really really lift You've, you, uh, you I, for some reason it's just not what I fancy seeing mm. and I don't know why but like the, it being Spielberg has nudged me more towards yeah. seeing it and your big thumbs up has convinced me that I'll save that for a really cozy Sunday night 
So throwback to last year, a film that we talked about quite a bit, which I hadn't seen yet, was yeah. The Last Jewel. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you'd, you'd sold me on. So Last Jewel was Ridley Scott's film before The House yes. of Gucci, which came out and, and didn't do very well at the box office. It's sort of Matt Damon. Known as being a big, a big flop, considering it had two like traditional A-list stars, yep. two in Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, two huge new upcoming stars with Jodie Comer and Adam Driver. Yep. You'd throw in the biggest director, loads of money, really and it score, kind of yeah. bombed, which was kind of interesting for Hollywood. But yes. Sorry, which I thought was just a real shame, because when I watched it, I thought, actually, Ridley does do this stuff very well. I mean, mm. he, historical epics are up his street. And I think he was tethered to quite an interesting script. And uh, I thought I found the film really solid. I mean, I do think it's... There are elements to it which I would uh, question about why it, it obviously employs a very specific strategy of narrative, which you've yes. talked about before, which is and I wanted to talk to you about yeah. without spoiling it. Right. So yeah. You know, Matt Damon's point of view, then Adam Driver's point of view, then Jodie Comer's point of view. Mm. Right. And, um, you know, with the incident that happens in. Uh, no, it's not that it's more. I think uh, the, that structure works very well, mm. but there are times when there almost aren't variations enough to really uh, make you think, why have they split it like this? Mm. The, the 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 biggest thing, actually, with The Last Joke, because I think you've covered a lot of ground. People can yeah. really watch an episode of you talking about it very well. The biggest thing was the accents. And I don't mean Matt Damon and, and Adam Driver, actually. For some reason, that just didn't bother me. I just didn't get that. It was more that, like, Harriet Walter, who's a very accomplished, very famous Brit yeah. British accent, actress, was doing an American accent, and it really threw oh, me. I didn't even recognize it. And, and I was like, that. are you doing that because Matt Damon's meant to be speaking American? Because I thought Matt Damon was meant to be trying to be English. You were but doing that night of the yeah, realm. But, 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 what but, say you, Jean Le Gris? Yeah. It was that. And then like Alex Lawther, he's a British actor, and he was doing a strange like Americanized, and then occasionally it sounds Scottish. Mm. And it, I, I just thought, what? what uh, please pick, pick a mode. Pick an accent. Everyone do English. Everyone do their own voices, or mm. everyone do French. I don't mind. Just, just pick. Actually, don't all do French because you know if everyone yeah. walks around like a talking like this. No, that side. I quite enjoyed it. The thing I wanted to ask you about, which I didn't want to say when I was first telling you about the film, because I didn't want to take away what the impact it has is that it obviously as you said it splits itself up into three sections where it goes the truth according to Jean Carouge the truth according to yeah. Jean Agree and then it just says the, the truth. truth yes and you know you're about to go into Lady Marguerite's perspective of everything that's happened yeah. and what I think the film doesn't get credit for and I think I kind of touched on this is that it is not about whether or not yeah. what she said happened happened yeah. it leads very hard on the fact that we are not denying the fact that this character yeah. was sexually abused raped yeah. etc it is all about what like understanding the perspective yeah. of someone who would go on to commit rape and sexual yes. assault. And that is what I think is so much more interesting about this film. And it's about perceived mm. conversations and how in how that is interpreted. It doesn't do go, it doesn't make any effort to excuse the behavior mm. of the other two characters. It purely is a, 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 a not the, the most effective, but it is about focusing on perspective. I, 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 thought, yeah. it was quite special. I thought it was like, it was really powerful at showing Men get to write their own narratives as much as yes. they want, and women yeah. get to say nothing. And even when this this is specifically something that happens to this woman and women, and is is really about her, it's amazing how they are, men are able to make that all about them. Mm. And you really understand this is really just about that they've made it really about Matt Damon and Adam Driver and Jodie Comer's there thinking that, that's what's and, and that is part uh, of the and, hypocrisy and, and, and how the way that oh you know the story is written as though Matt Damon is being really courageous and and valid being yeah. a big nice it's like no it's completely about pride yes. there's nothing heroic about it at all um and then Adam Driver is his own you know uh uh blind 
idea of what's happened. Lady doth protest. And yeah, all that. really, yeah. really oh, icky stuff. And, so and you, the whole like the whole hypocrisy of the fight when it eventually happens. You've watched three perspectives by that yeah. point. You're like, God, this is just so. I actually am not. You don't care about yeah. the fight, but there's such a huge spectacle made yes. of it. And and I'm always torn. I'm like, should that have been such a huge focus, or is the fact that this fight is the determining factor what's so horrifying? But we're having this very Ridley Scott yeah. fight in the snow with the knights and the swords. Well, yeah, it's like, what, what, no, what is this? I, mean? I thought it was good. It, took, it basically at the beginning of the film, you're like, these two people are fighting for what for, for, for an issue. Mm. And by the end, you're like, it's irrelevant. These mm. two men want to fight each other because they want to fight each other. It, the point being, there's Jodie Comer is not involved in this no. because she's been left out, not because they're stepping in to defend her, because she's been left out. I would just say, I also think that they clearly showed it to a test audience and filmed a like 60 second last scene. Do you remember the last tag? Of the, the very end, it's a very like six months later kind of thing, and it's uh, oh, because, because yes, the very yes, end before that, after the the duel, I won't say what happens, but yeah. after the duel, you're like, oh, that's an interesting point, and then it fades to black, and then it cuts with a six months later kind of yeah, thing, and I was just like, that. it's clearly they showed it to a test audience, and they were like, why well, couldn't it be a little bit different? I want to know what happens afterwards. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, just one more thing which I thought was interesting is um, it could have been Variety or Hollywood Reporter. They made uh, Matt De Damon interview Ben Affleck. And they had this 13 minute long yeah. interview and they talked a lot about their career and goodwill yeah. hunting and the ways in which they perceive the work that they do now yeah. and he brought up the last jewel and ben affleck was saying that you know it, it was interesting because it did so badly at the box office and we we were kind of shocked because people turned out that they actually didn't want to go see that in cinemas but since it's come out on amazon yeah, itunes like disney it, it was plus, yeah. disney plus it was topping the charts on itunes and it's yeah. like well this actually has a new audience, uh, audience yeah. to people maybe this is the kind of film that people are actually really into watching at home yeah it doesn't quite get bums on seats for the cinema and mm. they've had so many people coming up to them after the, it's been out of the cinema but like wow this is great it's much more interesting than i thought yes it's far more three-dimensional than <laughs> i think yeah. i think it was marketed in this very specific yeah. come watch your gladiator yeah. fake sequel i do it's think that. that it's um it's definitely getting a second wind in a way and i think it's getting like reappraised now i i think it's yeah. a really interesting film solid and uh yeah is it, too, um, is, it, is it bad? Are we rushing each other? Let's, like, just, let's just acknowledge it. We, we are really sort of look, trying to be efficient. We don't want to make this three hours, but we're just throwing films we, at you that we've seen. Yeah, we're sorry to jump around. We're sorry we're jumping on top of each other and talking about talking over each other. And Stay, but, but, stay tuned for much more in-depth discussion. Yeah. It'll be less like... This is this is like, you know, that first episode of the series you watch, and it's just like, oh, that, you know, of a TV show. And they're yeah. like, oh, they're covering up. They're reintroducing all the characters. They can't get everything. And then the second episode, they're like, relax. Relax. So with that... We've talked all about the films you were caught at the end of 2021. Mm. Do you think now you could talk about maybe what was the best thing you watched last year? <sighs> I mean, like, thinking about 2021, which is a, f a year of few films, mm -hmm. the film that brought me the most joy was Spider-Man yeah. No Way Home. Well, you know what? I, I love that. And I, 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 I left that with such a big grin on my face, and I'm going to give it to Spider-Man No Way Home. You know what? I, I like I like that. I like how much that film means to you. And I do really respect how much that film is connected with a lot of people. I do not mm. want to take that away from them. Like I said, mm. in the audience when I was watching this, people were laughing and loving it. Yeah. I never want to take that away. I did enjoy it. I would happily watch it again. So I'm proud for you. George? Equally, well, in a way, it's funny that the way that you, this is something that's very specific to you because you had such a close connection with mm. and such a big fan. I've never really had that thing where I've been like, I'm a fan this and is I, my thing. This is my thing. Maybe when like the Force Awakens came back, yes. I was like, "This is it." But you know, I've never, I've always had like a one bit of distance with Marvel. Yeah. And, but for me, the the thing I watched last year that I thought was the best thing I, I'd seen, mm. and for me was like, "This is good for me because I am a fan." But for other people, it might not work. 
was the nine hour epic that was Get Back. Yeah. <laughs> the Beatles documentary, yes. right? So, I mean, people, this again, talking about like The Last Jewel, this is really having, it's like, it's really getting through now. People are actually starting to see it because it's yeah. t- taken them a while. And you're a huge Beatles huge, fan. Huge, huge. Yeah. Love them. Re- you know, they, they're, they're great. And um, just give uh, people a little. Pe- yeah, so it's an, so Peter Jackson, uh, who directed Lord of the Rings and all this stuff, has made Peter this. Peter Jackson. <laughs> has made typically for him uh, a, a, a nine hour documentary, but it's in three parts. So basically another trilogy about um, the Beatles, which is taken from all this outtakes and unused footage from a documentary that was made. Unbelievable yeah. footage. Unbe- uh, like 160 hours worth of footage and, and even more audio from when they and recorded. It sounded so good. I'm like, who? who? It was restored. That's why. It was yeah, restored it was and remastered. From, from when the Beatles were recording in 1969 for a potential TV, shoot, uh, TV special. And that footage was originally made for a, a TV special uh, um, released in 1970 called like, Let It Be. And it showed the Beatles like breaking down and breaking up. And it was a really miserable experience. And Peter Jackson was at like Apple talking about something else and they were, he was like oh what, 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 what happened to all that, that footage by the way and they're like well, we've got all the outtakes yeah but no one's ever gone through it because wow. it's so long it's just been sitting there for 50 years so he goes through it and spends like four years assembling it into a cohesive story mm. and it's just absolute sheer beauty and what I, why is because you are suddenly with it, take, take these four characters they're characters they're people but they are kind of characters because you've had these four people who have been mythologized and mm. deified to a point where they're almost like one dimensional and you're suddenly in a room with them in a really intimate setting in a studio in, in a studio as they're preparing to do so first it's on a sound stage then it's in a studio and you're literally across their shoulder and you're in their and face and, and it's uh, like kind of what we were saying earlier on the episode it's like the fascination fast fascination of the mundane oh. and their little interactions yes. and just like tuning the tuning the tuning exactly the and there's just it's one of those um studio looks where there's loads of coiled wire wrapped mm. up around a drum set and yeah. there's mic stands everywhere and there's loads yeah. of like panicked managers so i should preface i've, I've seen a bit of the first episode right, right? Okay. and i watched it in a bad environment because it was christmas eve and we were like what should we watch let's put something oh, no, on you can't just people were walking in and out no. this is what i realized i thought that'll be fun for the whole family started watching i was like wow this is incredible this is so overwhelming yeah. there's so much to digest but i also appreciated this is not the environment to watch no. it would love to go back but i still like got a lot of the yes. vibe for it but yeah, you've got like these worried managers and, yeah. and people like, right, we should really sort of crack on. Yeah. And Yoko's in the corner just like yeah. doing crochet. I mean, uh, and I'm I, not even a huge Beatles fan. I appreciate them as much as any normal. But as a historical Britain. document of these yeah. four famous cultural icons. And it's only just appeared in 2021. And 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 you're, everyone is just suddenly rendered in a completely more multidimensional mm. space. So Paul has been given like so much crap over the years of being like the guy broke up the Beatles or whatever. It's like actually Paul's the one holding it together and yeah. there's, there's so much love between these four men and they really do care for each other. And actually as the as the you'll see as you as you continue it, that as the 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 documentary continues and culminates into the performance that we know it will there's something really warm. You see these bonds and this emotion and this warmth come How through. They, like, come and d- work on music together. They, they strum oh, and they go, what I, if it was different? Yes. What if we did something like that? I mean, that? the bit in it, you know, that's very, has been taken out and shown to people is, is like when he actually, Paul McCartney comes up with Get Back on the song as he's, as he's just like strumming it and sort yeah. of George and Ringo are kind of listening nonchalantly and then they kind of twig and they think, oh, this just sounds quite good and they start sort of jamming along and playing along and, if you want to, but I, the way I sell, sell it to people is, if you want to be in the room when the Beatles are rehearsing, let it be literal fly on the wall. You, do it. You know, you, this is it. And 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 when you say about the mundane, yeah, but this is from like fifty years ago. So if you mm. want to see what the, the, the it was like to be in the sixties oh, with all the smoking, can inside. you imagine how much that room stank? Yeah, <laughs> and the, and the fashion and the and everything, the, the turtlenecks and the hair. I mean, it, I mean, literally, it's this is a 
a very much a micro review, bite sized episode. Yeah. If I was to talk about it, I could probably talk about it for nine hours. Yeah. I think just for me though, it's that it takes something that we've been so used to and um, think we understand so much, and just takes it to a whole another dimension. What I, what I always say with Beatles fans is that we never knew this existed. No, we yeah. thought you we you thought you'd seen all the Beatles yeah. stuff there was and listened to all of it and seen everything. Everything you could possibly and watch. Then, like, you knew the whole story. Manna from heaven. This comes down and it's like, oh, here's this. And I really now think as a Beatles fan, there's only before get back and there's after get back. Wow. I, I I really think that you you've got such stuff. such a richer understanding mm. of those of those men and, and that whole time. And there's something really beautifully poignant about you don't, the way, the way it ends. Also, in, in all documentaries of, uh, you know, whether it's long dead musicians or stars yeah. or people who are no longer active, you don't really ever have hours of the same period yeah. just to see them for that long that people are actually interested in watching. But yeah. you don't actually ever get that yeah. kind of experience to watch someone over a really yes. long time yes. and just take it in. And there's something sort of, yeah, you, you, get, you almost get, it penetrates a deeper level yeah. by being exposed to them. It's, and again, it's so intimate. That's why I can believe we've been, we put these guys on a pedestal for so long, and then suddenly you're literally over their shoulder and they're having candid conversations. Mm. I mean, there's a brilliant bit. I mean, this is a bit of a spoiler, but I don't know if you, this is something you can spoil, but there's a wonderful bit where Paul McCartney and John Lennon break away to go and talk about George Harrison, who's getting really itchy feet and really getting disgruntled in the band. And they go to a kitchen to have a private conversation. What they don't know is that in the flower pot, the film crew have put a microphone. And what you get is an honest-to-God conversation between John Lennon and Paul McCartney. Unbelievable. And like, um, that's just two of the most like, famous people of the past like 100 years yeah. having conversations. I mean, that's amazing as a historical document. It's, it's, yeah. like, someone's, you know, it's like someone saying, um, you know, you got a microphone in Hitler's bunker, or you got a microphone in uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Churchill's bunker. But, but, but it no, is, but like, that's, what, what, what an access that requires. Not that I wanted a microphone and, in Hitler's bunker. And yeah, bunker, again, you never knew it was there to be yeah. watched. You didn't know it existed. What a, it's a gift. It's an absolute <laughs> gift. So get get back, watch it, and love it. If you like the Beatles, can't go wrong. Would you, though, after that, James, like me to go through and explain to you how each different Beatles sounds after watching that? I feel yes. like you do. I you feel already, like it's you, a, you already had a... You, George had a way of doing an impression and just jumping between the four of them <laughs> seamlessly, and I just could imagine you watching that yeah. with a pen and paper, just studying well, the impression. I did old Paul McCartney earlier. You did. Who's really more slow, you know. Yeah. But, in, but in this one, you know, Paul's at the front of the mouth. He's a bit, you know, he's a bit, he's a bit kissy kissy, you know. Like, oh, like, can we can we jump in with a yeah 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 like la di da di da with this song? And then John's, you know, the nasal. He comes in late. Yeah, he says, like, "Sorry guys, sorry, sorry, I'm late. Yoko and I got caught in traffic. You know, yeah. terrible." <laughs> and then George, George is different. Yeah. George is kind of longer, you know. I thought when we were in India, uh, yeah, it's a lo- He's like looking into the middle distance to say, "Oh, when we were in India with the Maharaji, we." We'd studied yoga and it was really interesting. Don't you remember Ringo? And then Ringo <laughs> is like, hey, Ringo, do you remember when Ringo did Thomas the Tank Engine? Yes, yeah. Ringo's, <clears throat> <laughs> quiet please. So he's like, uh, peace and love. Thomas came into the station. Got more staccato. Yeah, and it's, I like to be under the sea. Don't listen to me. <laughs> Some Ringo stuff. I don't know. It's 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 a stretch, but um, that was one of the rich details I picked up. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Pop Kitchen. We've got fresh episodes out every Wednesday of every week. And don't forget that we will be releasing extra content in the following days after this episode. All the reviews that we otherwise don't talk about in the episode, extra games, extra impressions, definitely stay tuned for it. And don't forget to follow us on TikTok and Instagram. As you know, you can listen to this podcast and you can watch the entire thing on YouTube as a video if you want. If you are watching as a video, please drop a like and subscribe. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please leave leave us a review. It makes a huge difference. 